welcome to episode 12 of It's a Packed Life podcast. I'm your host, Celeste. And today on the show for Friday, September 2nd, 2022, my guest is none other than my imaginary best friend, Corey. Welcome to the show. So I have a big, big, big surprise today. A very special guest here. Someone that in the past I've been accused of having created as an invisible person. Her imaginary friend. He speaks! <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen and persons of the planet. <laughs> Corey. Corey, Corey, my Corey is here on the show. I am real. <laughs> right. <laughs> For those who wonder, I don't know if people still wonder that anymore. That's just the first year of our relationship. Why Why is that, Corey, that people wondered if you were real? Because we dated online. Well, we talked online before we started dating. And then after three weeks of dating, we got engaged. <laughs> and then three weeks later, I disappeared for five months. <laughs> he deployed. He didn't, like, disappear. But here's the thing. If you're going to get engaged to someone and leave the country for the next six months maybe you should put a ring on it (laughs) (laughs) so people believe you're engaged what so i'm the as we know i'm the third of 13 children what many of you probably don't know yet is that the summer that Corey and i got married two of my other sisters got married i am two years older than one and about five and a half years older than the other one So, yeah, I will tell you, I got asked if I made Corey up because I was feeling left out. (laughs) Um, I was warned by some people not to rush into something simply because my sisters were getting married and I was afraid of being left behind, which if you know me, Mm -mm. I do not compete with people in life events like that. I have never been that person. I didn't. I didn't wait until I was, look, I was, we were Mormon. So the pressure to get married starting at 18 for a girl is intense. And you waited until you were 26. I was 25 when we got engaged. Well, yes. But I was 26 when we got married. No, like- I was 26 when we got engaged because we got, no, no, no. I, I was 25 when we got engaged. I was 26 when. Three weeks later, you turned 26. Yeah. And then. When you deployed, I was, yeah. I was 26 when we got married because mm-hmm. it was that fall. Right. And you were 28 when we got engaged and 29 when we got married. Right. Because I turned Which for Utah and for Mormons was we were, old. We were old people. <laughs> and then, well, and one of the other things I got warned against was the fact that you were divorced. And I was military. And you were military, which ironically enough, more people had concerns about you being military than the fact that you had been divorced. That I can see. Inside of a religion that doesn't like the ending of marriages. It was a little weird. But all we had <laughs> all I had to say was his wife cheated on him. And then everybody was like, oh. That <laughs> does change everything. No. Of course, if you were a chick, people would ask you, why did you cheat? What weren't you giving him at home? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't been asked that question because I haven't been divorced. But I have friends who... Ask me, ask me no. <laughs> When their marriage has ended. Oh, they got asked. They were asked. 
if they had been taking care of the needs of their spouse. Maybe the spouse wasn't taking care of their needs. Right. It was both ways. If you hear chewing, I might have to re-record this whole thing. We're trying something. We're eating a charcuterie board. I call them coochie boards. Because <laughs> it's funny to say that. And plus that other word's too hard to pronounce or spell. I was surprised I got it. I don't think, did I say it right? Yes. Oh, wow. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't either. Actually, I think you did. But so we made a coochie board and poured us a couple of glasses of Tawny Port wine, partly because I needed to bribe Corey <laughs> to sit down with me. Because apparently just because I want him to isn't enough incentive. That is cold. I said I was going to do it. It was just an added bonus. People that don't know our dynamics are going to think I'm a horrible person. I'm not. Either that or I'm the horrible person because I wouldn't do it unless you bribed me. (laughs) You have a right to say no. Your project. Isn't it, though? (laughs) We both came from big families. Of course, before I met Celeste, I thought my family was big. She proved me wrong. I mean, I didn't prove you wrong. That was my parents. Well, yeah, good point. I had very little to do with that <laughs> other than just being there. Mm-hmm. So why don't you like to um, get on and do a podcast with me, Corey? What holds you back? I would have to say that I'm uncomfortable just talking about myself. You don't have to talk about yourself. You can talk about your dog. You can talk about me. Why don't you talk about me? We all like when you talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> So you wanted me to interview you. Is that how this was supposed to go? No, I don't have an agenda. If I had an agenda, I'd have told you. Here's my agenda. Let's clarify that one real quick. I have been accused by some peripheral people in our lives of being a controlling bitch in this relationship. What is your response to that? That's actually quite funny because you are the farthest thing from controlling. (laughs) Unless I'm so good at it, you just don't even know I'm doing it. Wait a minute, what? (laughs) <laughs> what made it appear to my older sibling no i wasn't gonna call them out i don't care okay now like they talked to me anyway why it appeared that way was that celeste is very good at setting boundaries and saying this is how it is yeah this is how it is like here's an example you can do the you can do that but just know that this is if you're constantly invited to go do things by people at the very last minute it's fine to accommodate that from time to time. But when it becomes a pattern and it is obvious that you were kind of a last minute thought to the invite list. Which is what it was. Or it makes you feel like your last minute invite. Right. And you're expected to just drop everything, change all your plans to go to something that had been planned for a couple of weeks that everybody was told about but you. There's a problem. That is a big problem. It's not just that, though. It's like, okay, so we're let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> when we got married, I had already been in therapy for about six years, right? Mm-hmm. Eight years. I started at 18. On and off for eight years, I had been in therapy already. I had already been doing a lot of work around setting boundaries, clarifying my position, you know, because I went home to visit my parents when I was a freshman in college, and there was an incident where my mom was yelling at me for the clothes that I was wearing and it was really brutal on me. And I went back to school and I saw my therapist again and he said, you're an adult. You don't have to take this. And it was like (laughs) brain exploding because 
it hadn't occurred to me that now that I was 18, I actually, and I didn't live in their home. I wasn't, they weren't providing any financial support or anything for my schooling, nothing like that. Like there was no reason for me to continue to put up with that kind of behavior unless I chose to. And because you grew up with this whole honor the parents and blah, blah, blah. Like I hadn't recognized that it could be my choice. Right. And he actually helped me write a script of what to say. And so the next time that situation occurred, I was able to say, I love you. When you're ready to treat me with the respect that I deserve, I'll come back. And I walked out the door and I I was shaking. I was shaking so hard that first time. But by the time we got together, I had eight years of having been establishing patterns of setting a clear boundary on and teaching people how to teach me. And so I refused to go backwards just because there was a new family dynamic that was being added into it. But up to that point, I mean, I've been single for six years. I mean, I had some girlfriends, but nothing serious up to that point. And so when I was around family, it was just family time. I didn't have anything to have prior commitments with unless it was work. So I never, and of course, my family is terrible with boundaries, like terrible. They just expect you to, especially the boys, Kenny and I, they expect us to just do whatever for them. It is really weird, but they do. Except for did. Did. I would yeah. say did. Did. And so when that didn't happen, they got mind-blowing for them <laughs> and how to handle it. So very beginning, this is when it started at the very, very beginning, our first year getting married. And I said, we sat down as a couple and said, okay, what do we want our Christmas holiday to look like? Because we had just gotten married in end of September and we had navigated Thanksgiving by splitting the day in half and spending the first half with one family and then the other half with the other, mm-hmm. which worked out. We knew we didn't, as long as we didn't have kids, that was fine. We were coming up on Christmas and I was like, I want to set some traditions that are just our family from the very beginning. And so we decided that we were going to do our big fancy dinner on Christmas Eve and that Christmas Eve would be ours for just us as a couple and later as a family. And then Christmas Day, we'd split between the families. And we're very clear with both families that this is what we would be doing. I had a couple of siblings and a sibling's girlfriend that were not happy about us not doing Christmas Eve with my parents because Christmas Eve was like the big social with my family. Um, they do like a program and stuff on Christmas Eve. But I I said, it's really important that we establish patterns for what we want our holidays to look like before we even bring kids into it. And Corey was pretty clear with your family. I thought I was clear with them. You were, I, was on, I was next to you when you're on the phone with them. You said... Christmas Eve was for us, and that Christmas Day we split between the families. Christmas Eve day, where he gets a phone call from his niece, who was like Five. eight. Oh, eight. Yeah. She was eight. Saying, Grandma's here, and we just really want to see you, and aren't you going to come visit us, Uncle Corey? And it was, it felt so, I don't know what the intent behind it was. I can speculate all day, but it felt really manipulative, because we had stated how we wanted to do things. And then they had a child call instead of an adult and called Corey because they knew that he's super tenderhearted about things like that. And what pissed me off wasn't that they were trying to spend time with him. It was that he came and told me he wanted to go. I did. <clears throat> and I told him, that's fine. You can go. But if you're not home by, I guess at three o'clock. Yeah. Like, if you're not at home by three o'clock, I won't be here. No, I can't come because I just put a ham in the oven. I wouldn't have gone anyway. I'm going to be very clear on that. But 
I know Corey likes to avoid conflict. And so I told him, just let him know. I, I have to watch the food. It's already in the oven. But if but honestly, if you're not here by three o'clock, I will not be here when you get home. And so Corey came home at 2.30. <laughs> That's from my point of view. Yeah, I mean, pretty accurate. I went over there for a couple hours. I think it was like two hours. Here's something I've always wondered, though. Like, did that freak you out when I said that? Or were you just like, no problem, I'll just be back? Yeah, pretty much. Which, I just asked two questions. Sorry, I tend to do that. I was like, okay, I'll be back. And you didn't stop to think about how kind of shitty it was that as a family we had, as a couple, we'd made a decision. And then, well, I mean, I felt I felt stuck between, you know, like in a hard place because I wasn't good at, and I'm not all that great at it still. But those kind of boundaries, especially with my family at that point, I just never done it. And so, and I'm not a conflict person, so it was more that I was trying to appease everybody and. That's just kind of hard to do. Yeah. So then as time went on, things like that would happen. We're like, we would have plans, even if those plans were doing something at home, but we would have made plans. Get a phone call that day saying, hey, family's in town. We're all going to dinner. Here's the restaurant. And not like, can you make it? But like an expectation that we would just drop everything and go. Because obviously we didn't have anything important going on in our life. Yeah. And I was just, so I just told him, I said, from now on, even if we don't have plans, you didn't tell me. We came to the we dis, we discussed that one. Well, I told you where I was coming from. Yeah. I said from now on, if it's the same day, even if we don't have plans, I'm not going because we need to be able to like if if this was like a random thing that just happened from time to time, it was fine. But it was consistently happening, and it just really I was starting to feel like. Well, and the point you brought up was that we needed to teach them how to. To hand to teach us how to treat us, and by being the way they were, which is last minute, assuming we'd always do whatever they wanted, that it wasn't very nice on their part. So we knew that. So this is very good again at this stuff, but to help them, basically teach them how to treat us and how to how we wanted to be handled, was that we told them that you know, hey, look, unless we get notice, we're not going to do it, and that's what we stuck to. It was like if they called the day of. Corey actually had me help him write a script. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it was on a post-it note on the fridge that he would pick up and remind himself what to say so instead of shutting times. it down. Yep. But basically it was just the same thing that I would say to my family in those kind of situations. It was really love and appreciate the invitation. Wish we could do it with you. If we'd had more notice, we could probably make it work. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to make it today. And we just use that regardless of if there were like set plans or not in that moment, because we needed to establish that our time was also important. And and I, I don't like being an afterthought. The funny thing is your family, they were already much better at than mine, but your family was great. They handled it perfect. They, you know, of course, you did most of the planning but at that time, but and still when something came up, they let us know ahead of time. My family... They just stopped even talking to us. <laughs> like they stopped letting us know when things were going on. For a while. Mm-hmm. And then they started giving the notice. Yeah. Because we stuck to it. It took them well, a couple of years. I don't remember. Yeah. But I have a very interesting family dynamics, I guess you'd say. Everybody does. And I stepped out of being put in the middle of the invitations. because. And then my two sisters. Got- I don't do the we're friends, we're not friends thing. Yeah, they got really 
catty. I don't know a better way to say it. She couldn't, Celeste, Celeste couldn't say anything without this sister trying to turn around and make it sound like it was said in a bad light. I mean, it was just ridiculous. That's how it felt from our end. I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know her side of the story, but she refused to communicate with me to fix things. So, yeah. and it came hard because Rory really liked that sister, you know. She's great aunt, but you don't get access to my kid if you're not going to treat me well. Yeah. I'm not going to keep trying to make that work. It got a lot easier when we moved. Yeah. We were talking about boundaries because it's part of that trying to live intentionally, making sure that we could take care of us <clears throat> and our family first. Well, so you were in the Air Force. And we really had to prioritize our family time when you were home because we never knew when you were going to have to. Yeah. And, was, and I really enjoyed being in the military, but it put a lot of stress on the family. Last minute TDYs that screwed Christmas That's over. A temporary duty assignment, which is. How many days? I mean, it can be anywhere from just a couple of days to a couple of weeks, a couple of months, depends on the situation. Till it hits how many days and then it's considered a deployment or a tour, whatever. What? Has to be uh, most time before they consider it a deployment, it has to be overseas in regards to a, in contingent with some kind of. So we had to start getting learning how to be really clear. And I think this is healthy. I think every young couple should sit down and determine what their boundaries are together because you do you are bringing two different family dynamics into a new family situation yeah i mean it's very important because you need to be specific for family traditions like and i thought that was something that was really neat that you decided and brought up with us that that you wanted to set our family traditions instead of just carrying over molding whatever and but that's something you have to be clear with is that one person comes with a certain set of traditions and another, you know, then which had let's to make be honest, or do you just know set of traditions and you really didn't? We had a few. My family didn't have a lot. We had what are, what are your family traditions? Man, it's been like 20 years. I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay attention to them anymore. We had a big thing for, for Christmas Eve, was always a big thing. But your family never invited us for Christmas Eve. Not after that first time, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't realize your family did stuff on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Thanksgiving dinner, but when I was younger, we used to always do a camping trip every summer, but that had died off by the time I was a teenager. But I was going to say, there weren't really anything, there wasn't really anything that your family was doing. Outside of what you'd con- typically consider a American family, 4th of July, those kind of things, but it wasn't like. Yeah, they go decorate graves at Memorial Day. No, they did. I never did. That was never, never something I understood. Or <laughs> we were staying up there once when we don't do them married, maybe a year or two, and they were going to decorate the grave, and they invited us, and I was like, "I'll stay home." I went that one time because it happened to be the first anniversary of my sister's death, and that's fair. I right. didn't know her though. No, you'd never. Even and I did me. ask you if you wanted me to come. And it really wasn't a huge deal. Because I me. would have come if you had wanted me to. But it wasn't a huge deal to me. I went just because, well, you know, it is kind of a way to remember. But it wasn't like I had to go to the graveside. But that's what they wanted to do. So I went with. I don't like graveyards. I don't either. I mean, I don't like them for walking around and seeing history. I don't like new graveyards. I have never been back to visit my mom's. You know, I've never visited my dad's gravesite at once. <laughs> but, I mean, he's not there. So. I, exactly. That's why I want to be cremated. You want to have a conversation, like, just have a conversation. They're going to answer you just the same here as there. Yeah, I don't, I don't think spirit hang out of the gravesites waiting for us to show up. <laughs> All right, so, Corey, how did you meet me? How are we friends? <laughs> 
It all started with a smile, right? It was a smile, right? That was what that site did. That's what, yeah, you sent me a smile. I had just come back from Korea and a buddy of mine had suggested, you know, going on a dating app. There wasn't an app. You don't. Okay, a dating site. Sorry. Right. I mean, well, there weren't apps back then. There weren't even smartphones back then. Exactly. Anyhow, so he just, he mentioned going on a dating site and I had kind of hum and hawed about it because I thought it was silly. But then I also realized I was working 10 hours a day in the afternoons, you know, from three to 10 or three to 11, whatever, and not. Where are you going to meet somebody? Yeah. And it was not having any, like going to church meeting girls because. Divorced. I was six, seven years old, the most of them. <laughs> and divorced. Yeah. Right. And it just, I don't know, it seems, I was uncomfortable. And military. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even get him to talk to me, let alone try to go out and do with somebody. But so we tried. Did you try to talk to them though? That's my real question. Knowing you as well as I know you now. A few times. How much did you just sit around? Like, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> not most of the time. Maybe. Anyhow. <laughs> you gotta delete that <laughs> no way man that's in yes i'm a very huge introvert but plus i've learned now that the way you were with me was not your typical mo no <laughs> i didn't not know ever. i didn't know my only experience with you was you being like you <laughs> i saw what i wanted for the first time in forever i went after it yes you did i mean we i saw you online and you were gorgeous and you seemed funny and you'd been in korea and i thought a lot was a cool way to connect with you and so i just got and let's home. be honest the only reason i responded was because i just got back from korea and she thought it was cool if you hadn't but that you had just gotten back from Korea, we would have never connected. That's fair enough. So, yay, Korea! Fighting! <laughs> <laughs> so that was how we started talking. We started talking online end of December. <laughs> we did too, Juniper. Nobody's lying here. And though, I mean, at that first, I knew I was interested, but I didn't know how much until we'd actually gotten to the phone call conversation. And of course, it took Celeste prodding me to get us to Would that. you like to ask for my phone <laughs> Yes, I would. <laughs> well, weird. I've never done anything. I don't know how it worked. You know, when do I'm you not sorry, sir. What were we talking about? Me. How much you love me. Oh, that's an easy subject. <laughs> but yes, Celeste was the what got us moving from instant message. <laughs> To the phone. To, to the phone. To dating. No, you you moved us to the dating. Did I ask for a date? I can't remember. You did. I might have asked if we wanted to meet up in person, but you set up the date. And then, of course, the day of our first date, Catherine and Cheryl both brought home their engagement rings to show everybody. And I ended up being half an hour late to a date with a man who was chronologically early, who was excited, which made him even earlier. <laughs> It's in that parking lot for 45 minutes waiting for her. I did let you know, though. Yeah. And if you hadn't, like I was on the edge of just driving away when you called. I, when I called you, it was still before the time we would have been meeting. I called you 20 minutes before our... Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Well, why was I feeling like I was going to drive away? Maybe it's because I was still... Because you got me <laughs> so fucking early. They're like 20 minutes early. Anyway, he stayed. <laughs> yes. Best this isn't ever. Really? Oh, yeah. 
Okay. So 19 years in a couple of weeks, we'll be married 19 years. Mm-hmm. Though I did make her pay for it because every minute she was late, we stayed an extra hour on our date. <laughs> I only said it because our date went until like almost four in the morning. <laughs> I was a new one. Good job. And we drove all over the valley. <laughs> we left the valley. You drove all the way up to late and then back. See, I'd been dating a little bit. Same situation. I had dropped out of college because I had been sick, was trying to get my health back, realized how lonely I was, had started dating. I know the guy that I dated. Yep. You and one of my brothers both saying he was the bottom of the barrel was dating this guy that didn't treat me well, took me for granted, made it really obvious that driving the 40 minutes across the valley to hang out with me was such a burden. Could I come to him? (laughs) And I saw me getting just being like comfortable, unhappy and comfortable rather than making change. And if I didn't do something different, I'd end up married to this guy or someone like him. And I was it's not what I wanted. So I joined the dating site. I had been dating for a little while before Corey came along. Oh, it took me two weeks and she wasn't dating anymore. One when we met. Yeah. By that first Friday. <laughs> you were persistent, man. I saw I realized that after that first date. I knew what I wanted. I told you I wasn't ready for a relationship. I took what I could get. That's what you said. It's what, <laughs> it was like boyfriend book material right there. Like swoon worthy. <laughs> you write that shit down. <laughs> That's okay. It worked. You're amazing. I'll take whatever I can get. If all I can get right now is friendship, I'll take it. Swoon. <laughs> <laughs> so Air Force man. Mm-hmm. Retired from the Air Force in 2013. November 2013. Your final day was what, November 1? Yeah. You've now been out of the Air Force for nine years this year. I have. And I would say that it takes about seven years to adjust to not being active duty anymore. It does take a while. I'm going to say my first civilian job was a complete train wreck. Well, (laughs) I don't think that had so much to do with you having been military as the people you worked with. Yeah. Well, some of it, it was hard on me adjusting, but I don't don't think that was enough. That would have been a normal I think situation. the difference is that had you had that experience now, you'd have told them to go fuck themselves a lot sooner <laughs> with the way they were treating you. You'd have been involved with HR and yeah. different things faster. Yep. There's that. Because but, but you you know you now know that you don't have to put up with bullying behavior. Well, I really didn't put up with it. I just didn't report it. Like I fought back. I called them on it for the first job. Yeah, but that's the problem. Like now you know that like you have to follow certain protocols or something yeah. <laughs> different. You're gonna get blamed for the problem. And I did get blamed for the problem. Yeah. But I don't know. It's been a like a little bit of a hard journey, but also a really cool journey. Yeah. I mean I can't regret any of it because it got us where we're at and I like where we're at. Right. You know, I mean, I even having to go work at the car dealership was, it was, well, that, you like, I did. It was, it was a choice because it was something I wanted to do. Cause and again, it had nothing to do with the job that you left. It was the people and the way that they weren't paying you what you were worth. Well, and the treatment. Yeah. Like you would have put up with that pay for a lot longer, actually, mm-hmm. which is sad, but true. I did enjoy the position that, well, that last position. I can't sell cars. That's okay. <laughs> Car people don't treat people well. At least that dealership didn't. I don't know if others are that way because that's the one I work at, but they did not treat people very well. At least your employees, they always changing pay plans, always, you know, it got to where I basically had no benefits for working full time, like literally zero benefits for working there other than the paycheck. They're like, we're out. And so and then another job. We won't talk about that one right now. That was a quick one too. I there just over a year. But um that makes it sound like you're a bad employee. Are you a bad employee? 
I hope not. <laughs> See, the truth is, no, no, you're not. But they made you doubt yourself and you're still doubting yourself a little. And that's what makes me angry mm-hmm. because you are an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. And this company that you're with now recognizes that. And well, treats you accordingly. It wasn't that they didn't think I was an expert in my field. They just didn't care what you had to say. How's that treating you like an expert in your field? I guess you got a good point. They wanted me to be a placeholder and not an actual. They didn't want you to actually do anything for the safety of their employees. Mm-hmm. They just they wanted, just wanted to in case there was a lawsuit they could say we have a safety dude and you were like i am not gonna be involved in this shady practice all right so we said things about that last place despite (laughs) well she got boo and we went traveling for two years how did how did you like that it was really nice it actually helped me finalize my mentality of switching from active duty to civilian because why i just got to reset my mind i didn't have to deal with i think it's the first time that you realized you got to decide what it looked like for you it didn't have to look like what it did for anybody else true but you asked yourself like the for the first time what do i want Mm -hmm. what do i want my life to look like and how do I make that happen? True. So what did you come away from the couple of years of traveling with? What would you say would be your big takeaway? I learned what it takes for me to relax, like how where I can go to find a place to relax. And I love I love the forest. I love the trees. We used to always say that by about this time in our lives, we would have a cabin up in the mountains that we could escape to. Mm-hmm. What we realized when we were traveling was that it had less to do with the mountains and more to do with being in a forest. Right. Because growing up in Utah, New Mexico, the only place you get a forest (laughs) is in the mountains. Is if you go up in the mountains. And here, not in the southeast. We don't need a cabin now because we own a couple, just over two acres of woods. Mm -hmm. And we have the front porch that you wanted at the cabin. I do. I have a beautiful front porch and I have some cool projects that I get to work on and I have tons of trees and I can sit on my front porch and just enjoy it. What brings you the most contentment in your life right now? You. I didn't pay him to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's true though. I mean, out of everything else doesn't mean anything unless I have you and Rory. That's tender. That's my most important thing. All right. So you've got Rory and I were given. What brings you the most contentment in life? I think the place that I find the most contentment is between relaxing on that front porch and going to work in on my wood projects. I really like you took a breath after going to work and I was trying to figure out how you're I know you love your job. I like my job. It's a good job. But I have never heard you describe no. it as something that gives you the most contentment. No, 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 no. So I was trying to process that and then you finish it with your wood project. And that makes going to work sense. on my project was probably a bad way to say it. going oh, it being able to go and play and, and cut it wood like play it, it yeah. is play I mean, like, even though today, like today I went and built fire pits, I built two fire pits basically, but it was all moving stone and moving brick, but it was fun because I was creating fun environments outside for us to, to enjoy. For the bonfire, the regular fire. So yeah. I liked it. it. It was tiring work, but it was enjoyable. Work. Well, and that's something else that we figured out while we were traveling, right? Was because we did work camp situations where we would work like 20 to 30 hours during the week to, for a trade for our spot that we were camping. And you loved mm-hmm. all of that. I did. I really enjoyed it. I mean, maybe not cleaning the bathrooms. Yeah. 
the one in Richmond, I probably could have been a little bit different. I didn't like the bathrooms all that much, but it, the idea of being able to be in that beautiful woods and it was like no big deal yeah. for what we had to, yeah. But then I could also the, go and, and chop payoff. firewood and stack firewood and, you know, bundle firewood and drive the tractor. And so that was fun. Yeah. And then the one in Maine was a blast. For you. Yeah, for me. <laughs> so, like, what about moving forward? Do you have plans that? you're intentionally moving towards or mm-hmm. I want to be able to I'd like to be able to stop working in a few years you know maybe eight ten more maybe the most and then I would like to just be able to you know do a little bit of traveling and then just make our yard and house better in the way we want and build wood projects even if they're crappy ones I just want to build things I like I'm making like, sawdust <laughs> you do like making sawdust even if it's not any turns out to be any good, I just want to make sawdust. <laughs> I mean, the sawdust always turns out perfect. <laughs> Great, dusty, it goes good in all places. I do. I like making things. I like being able to build things, take something from junk or scrap, scrap, and put something together. It's fun. I enjoy it. I like the things you make me. Well, good. It's all matters. Everything I do is for you. Shut up. <laughs> I mean, thank you. So I ask all of the podcast guests if they have like a book that has really resonated with them that like a favorite or life favorite kind of book do you have something that you would in that category just share your book or a series it's probably a series Mm -hmm. um there's a couple series three or four that i really enjoy pick one um the one that i find that i have read the most over and over again is the will of time and i know everybody's gonna be like oh yeah amazon made it. but i've been reading that since 92 it's uh, called the wheel of time mm-hmm. yeah there's 15 books but like i said i've been reading that since 92 when i started actually and you like wait till the next one comes out <laughs> i don't see this is why i don't do books like that because i have no patience for that generally don't i like to get when the series done but i got into that one when the third book was just coming out i think you like the idea of not getting started until the series are done but i know several series throughout our marriage that you've been <laughs> waiting for the series to get done I have been so i think you. that like you think you're that person but you're really the person who will buy the book and wait two years to keep reading the series and actually remember mm-hmm. when the book's coming out yeah. to continue the series. One certain series, yeah. Because like the safe old series. My attention span does not exist for two years. If you don't have the next book out, I may or may not find you again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another one of the series was was a series called Safehold, and it's by um, David Webb Weber. Robert Jordan did the Will of Time, which I think pretty much everybody who Pays attention to fantasy knows now because of Amazon. But another amazing one because of the uniqueness of it is, is David Weber's um, Safehold combines two things I really like, which is sci-fi and fantasy. So it was really cool. And do you have anything that you're listening to or watching or reading right now that just brings you joy that you would share? Not currently. I listen to some books going back and forth to work. Most of them are just to distract me while I'm driving. I wouldn't there's any value. Stop it, Jennifer. You wouldn't say there's any value to them (laughs) do you enjoy them they distract me yeah i enjoy them then there's value (laughs) see i feel i feel i just think of them as they're they're whimsical books or just but that don't you don't think that other people want to also have the distracting whimsical books tiktok guy you follow oh my god (laughs) you totally do tiktok you just do it on facebook 
I do it on Instagram. Oh, I'm sorry. On Instagram. Mo Prince or whatever, right? Yeah. He's hilarious. We need to wrap this up. So come back here. Uh, yeah, I listened to or watched Mo Prince's little uh, skits. He does. He's hilarious. He makes, right. he makes me laugh. Okay, the dogs are done, which means we are too. Peace out.